0: This is the podcast that we're gonna discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self Storage Income. Hey everybody, before we get into today's podcast, We hope everybody is staying healthy, safe out there. We know that this time can be scary for a lot of people, but we want to focus on the opportunity. And we want to focus on thinking more than a couple weeks down the road, because with all the absolute horrific things that are going on in the world, there are opportunities. And this isn't off the backs of those that are suffering. This is just different economic opportunities in that situation. So we want to focus on these things and we want to get you guys prepared. And that's what is putting in today's episode and why we're going to talk about funding your deals today. And with that, welcome to Self Storage Income. And me and Connor, my trusted co-host, who's always with me. Uh, we're going to get started today. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. But before we do, we need to have a note from our sponsors. So you've heard of Janus International. You've heard us talk about the Noki products. And if you haven't seen them, you can go on to our Instagram our Facebook. You can go on to my personal Instagram, AJ Osborne. Or go to self storage income or a Facebook page, and you see some videos, things that we're putting up. We've just installed this amazing product with its keyless technology, so you can open gates, units, doors, get into the buildings, all from an app from your phone. You don't have to do this if it's a new build. They just rolled out. I was on a I, I was on a conference uh, Zoom conference because that's how we do everything these days. Right. Uh, this morning, <laughs> and their new. Their new product that they rolled out that's on the door that is battery powered and operated for people that are like revamping stores. So if you bought an underperforming facility, you want to make it A-class, you want it to stand out, and you want to be the hard, high charger, you got to look at this. All said and done in real estate there is a cost out on but it is nothing compared to the revenue that you gain even in these hard times we placed a floor at 10% at least 10% above all other units that are not no key but we expect somewhere between 10 to 30% and that uh, premium will climb as we use it and so this is a great way for you guys to set yourself apart in the market while setting yourself up for success for decades to come because we believe that this is the new wave of the future, and in ten years, it's not going to be new, exciting technology. It's going to be the standard.
1: One hundred percent, and we use this technology currently. We, we have it in our facilities. We're actually using those battery-powered door controllers that yep. you're just talking about. Super fancy, super awesome, man. Um, excited to uh, get some of those rolled out to some of some of our uh, other facilities and developments. And uh, looking forward to just keeping rocking and rolling, man. It's it's an awesome product.
0: And I, I know this is a note from our sponsor, and <laughs> we always go long on it. Uh, uh, the reason being is it's it's changing so fast, and so much is changing, and they're just ahead of everyone from what we've seen in this type of product. And plus that, there's so few ways, I feel like, for us as uh, facilities to offer a competitive advantage. And too often, you start to look at your facility like a commodity, We're totally against that with self-storage income. We do not want your facility to be a commodity, um, and you need to stand out from the crowd, and this is one of the best ways that we've seen to do that. With that, let's get on to our podcast. So, me and Connor are going to talk today about funding your storage facility deals. And this can be your first one. This can be ongoing. How do you fund these deals? Now, this is a... A really good question um, that does not have one straightforward answer. But the landscape, particularly today with financing, this is a very important conversation because I think there's a lot of people that feel that they have good deals and are walking away from them because they don't think they can get the funding. And that I just, you know, we want, I do not want that to be uh, an option for you on your table. When going about and funding your self-storage deals, there's a few things that I think that you need to know going into it right right at first and how to set yourself apart um, and looking at it. But first, I say this, you know, this is with everything. We all know this education is for most the number one thing. When you're looking to banks, and I don't care who it is, o- OPM, when you need OPM, other people's money, you need to stand out. you got to have a story. You have to show them why they should give you your money, their money. Banks don't know how to operate storage facilities. They don't have a clue. Um, I can't tell you how many storage facility projects that were funded, and I looked at the bank and going, what are you guys doing? Why right. did you ever <laughs> fund that deal? Like you know, but at the end of the day they don't know they 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 don't know if that's a good deal or not. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to underwrite storage facilities right. no that's idea not, how to value it no it's not their game yeah. right And most people they don't understand. so whether you're getting friends and family from the down payment, a rich uncle, whether you're gonna go out to your network, and get people to bring in money and then tie the bank in there. No matter what you're doing, you need to make sure you're coming from a position of knowledge, control, and confidence. And I can't state this enough. One of the things that you know we do not in my organization have a problem with is, is, is funding deals. The reason being is we are at the top list of a lot of financial institutions on who they're funding money in this asset class um, because of just that reason. They just feel confidence in us. So, what we've seen and what a lot of organizations will do is you become their guy, right? So, there's a few credit unions that we work with, stuff like that, and they say, You're our storage guy. Um, they'll even ask us about the deals that they're doing that aren't ours. Um, And that's because of the trust that is gained there and you need to get that trust. You want to be their guy, right? You want to be that institution or those people, your rich uncle, your friends and families, you want to be the storage guy and you need to present that though into you're saying, but how can I be a storage guy if I don't have storage? Right? I know that's what your first question is, but let me explain. So how you first want to go about it is you you should be, get a lot of experience together, but you should do something that makes you stand apart. And how I like to view this in a lot of ways is in order to make yourself um, kind of a, an authority on the topic, there's great things that you can do. One thing would be like producing a white paper. So let's say you're in college, right? Do your capstone. So if you're in your MBA, Do your capstone on storage facilities. When you go to your bank, you can literally tell them my thesis is this, and here's how I came up with it, and here's the history. You just want to walk in there, and you have so much knowledge that they're going, wow, you're on top of it. You're sharp because you're talking about stuff that I don't get, and that's what they want to see. right? If you walk in there and say, why do you want to build a storage facility here? And you go, oh, my dad owns the field. That's not a good way to start.
1: They're cash cows, dude.
0: That's right. They're cash cows. (laughs) Like, oh, I want to do it because these things can't fail. And that's why you want to do it, right? Those are (laughs) no-nos.
1: Those are not
0: things that you want to do. In fact, one of the tools, you know, one of the arrows in your quiver is actually pointing out the reasons they may fail and using examples of those. What they want to see is that you know how it's going to fail because they don't. And if you can point out the downfalls, they go, oh, good. You've already thought this through. You've already thought about it, right? Because if if you come in and everything is perfect, well, people know that that's just not true. That's not how Central. things work. Yeah. So they're going to say, you obviously don't know. And that scares us. What you want to do is say, listen, there's all these things that can go wrong, but here's how you get around them. And here's how good operators succeed. And here's how we're performing and why we will perform better than others and why we won't run into these traps. So they come into it knowing whether this is, once again, family, friends, anything. They go, I'm worried about this. And there's lots of ways that this could fail. And you don't don't argue with it. Say, yep. And here's how you get around it. So then you're just taking down those concerns one by one by one, but you're doing it before they even knew that they had it. Right. So this is go look on blogs, literally go start Googling why self-storage sucks, why self-storage facilities fail. Find out all the answers you can and then go and bring those up in the conversation. I know this sounds counterintuitive. People say, why would I tell a potential investor why my investment will fail? And it's really not, though, because smart people understand there's risk. They just need to understand that you do, <laughs>
1: you get it, yeah, exactly. you understand it
0: and that you have answers for those
1: things. Right. Well, I like how you said too. I mean, you follow up with not only here are the problems, but here's how you can hedge against that risk. Here's what the things that you can do to combat that. Um, I mean, again, we just had another awesome podcast talking a lot about risk. Yes. Um, I mean, take these podcasts, take notes, 100% write a yeah. whole
0: thing on it. I mean, yeah. You know, you could write a paper. Uh, you could write to a paper, um, the changing landscape in self storage, and have your article printed off in a paper. And then they say, "Why should we do this?" Well, look here, and give the paper to the bank. Other people will see your article in that paper, and then they're going to call you, right? So. If you look, a perfect example, you know, I I don't believe in you know I'm not one of those guys uh, do what I say but don't do what I do. Look at what we're doing. So we have a podcast. I'm finishing up uh, my book on self storage here in the next month. We have a mastermind. We do uh, speaking engagements. A lot of these different things where we're we spend a lot of time studying. I I, I have very strong philosophical views of where the industry is going and what's going to happen. This is what people want to see and they want to hear and they want to, they want to know. They want to know that in this industry, you're not just tagging along and, two, you're going to bounce out if it doesn't work out. They mm-hmm. want to know that you're in this, you understand this, there's going to be problems, but you'll tackle it and you know who to go to to find out answers to questions that you may not know. So thats they're trying to get comfortable with you. And if you could think outside of the box besides the normal – go onto Facebook. Hey, I think I got a deal. Does anybody want to come in with me? Okay. Obviously that's great. Go do those things, but you need to start thinking outside of the box before you ask for money, how you're presenting yourself and why they should invest with you. And this is really important. And there's all sorts of ways. You could go find a company that underwrites self storage that are self storage consultants. And you could just say, Hey, can I be an apprentice for like six months? Follow you around. I'll write up your papers for free. That's something you get a tag on your resume, right? Be creative about the ways you go about this. We have our podcast. We have our book. I go to a lot of speaking events, which wasn't ever set to raise capital or money because I'd never done that. We did that through other businesses and we recirculated. Once we got our first project, we increased the value, used the capital, pulled it into another project. After that, we increased the value and we keep compounding it, right? And that's what you want to do. But we're at a point now where that worked well starting out and growing, but we need more capital to do larger deals. I mean, we, we're looking at portfolios. We have three development deals. We've got one under contract that we're doing. This next two years for us is a growth year, and I think we'll probably grow more in the next two years than we did the last five. Well, at some point in real estate, your money runs out, right? And even the money that's being produced by other real estate And so we got into a part where we could tap all our equity and all our assets and things like you could with your home and everything else. Or we could go out and invite other people along for the ride. We're also going in on it, but we'll take a little less equity, spread our money out into more deals, not have to use as much personal debt. I like that way. I Mm -hmm. like the idea of you saying, well, I have a house and I can leverage it. Right to the hilt, and you know you're you've got a job, your wife's got a job, um, you know. Get do what you need to do to get that first money in. But if you can't tackle it on your own, don't walk away from it. Find other people, get other people in, bring them into the deal. Right, that first deal, you do a value uh, value add strategy, you increase the equity cash flow, refinance out, and you could go do another one. Right, that's the beauty of real estate. That's why we're in this. Because you can grow, build portfolios, financial freedom, keep it under control. But it costs money. And this is a reality. And that's another thing. When you're looking at uh, going out to your friends, family, um, placing capital with individuals to me is all about trust. I need to say, I know you. I trust you. Um, You know what you're talking about. But two, you're going to do everything that you can to make this work out, and you're not just going to ditch it. Right. And you need to put yourself in a position of responsibility and trust, and you need to show that amongst your investors. You need to show, you know, long-term plans, and you need to be thinking in the long term. That will always help bring that capital to you to fund your deal. So if you may not have your strengths where you may not have a lot of capital, so what you can do is you can make up and you can make yourself more competitive. And I I see a lot of people that start out doing this, which which I love. You say, listen, I'm going to take my money, I'm going to put it in alongside you. Instead of taking fees for doing the deal, like an acquisition fee, things like that, I'm going to not take any fees. I'm going to do the asset management and everything for free. That way your returns are better and I can give you a higher preferred. Well, now an investor looks at that and says, okay, what you don't, uh, what you may not know and experience, you're going to make up for by not taking as much. That is a natural way to go about it. And that's a good way because that's what people with money would expect. Like I'm taking a risk, putting money with you if you've never done this. So starting out, I'd go into it, put your money in the deal with them, show the clear upside, show how you're securing their investment make sure that they feel secure in that investment give them rights and all those things like don't say oh you can't do anything i'm charging all these fees that's going to be a really hard you know sell so give those investors latitude right make sure that they're secure they feel confident they're secure go after like non recourse loans and that's if you can show them how the upside good return you can get your money back but it's also secure their investment is not going to go away. That's this is what you're trying to story you're trying to tell. And by uh, not taking as much fees and things out of that, not trying to squeeze it for everything that it's worth, you're going to get more people because what you want to do is you want to align your interest with your partners, which is how it should always be. If your interests are not aligned with your partners, nobody's going to want to invest with you. Why? Because that shows that you're probably not thinking long-term.
1: Well, even if they do, it's never going to work long-term. I yeah. mean, even if they do initially. And the other aspect to that, I, I, there's all ton of great advice, but is just that I think one of the most difficult parts is that perspective, like having perspective as to what is a good deal and what's not a good deal for yourself and for the investor and any partners you go in with if anything with. Because I think a lot of times when we start certain things, we have this concept of like we're going to have this way bigger return or we get this way bigger portion or whatever it is. Or even later on, if you've operated something for a while and you, you're you like, oh, well, I'm only going to have like 10%. Like, dude, that's, I was thinking I'd have like way more than that. Um, so I think it's awesome that you're touching on that because that's such an important thing is just having that perspective. And again, knowing what's good for you, what's good for an investor and, and what to expect um, moving forward. And, and like a lot of people have probably heard that a, you know, a little portion of something is greater than a whole lot of nothing, you know? Yeah. so and, and lots of times,
0: so you're exactly right. Lots of times you're just getting the experience, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to get paid very much, but you're going to get the resume. Well, you know how much value
1: that is? You know, I mean, the value there is, I mean, you look at where, where everything is with us today, with everything that you guys do and everything that I've been learning about this past year at this point, you know, with you guys. And it's just, that's, that's how you do it. It's the natural progression of things. You have to learn, you have to get that knowledge, whether it is going out to secure, you know, funding for something or it's just having general knowledge and in, in, in knowing how to operate these things how to scale how to grow and ultimately how to be successful
0: and you either pay for it or you, you so excuse me you're right. paying for it either way <laughs> exactly so you're either paying for it up front or yeah. you're paying for it through not getting your return and learning yep. on those investment lots of time when we started out too you know we had to go into little small markets and that had a facility for under a million dollars that we would buy. The, the good thing about that for us was we could start out at under $200,000 and learn and then grow. So it allowed us, we were paying, we were learning. The returns may not have been that, but we were learning on our dollar and we started small to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important because we didn't have a lot of experience. So we weren't getting great Um, funding from banks, things like that, because it was our first deals. So we started small and then we grew, grew from there, which gave confidence for people to invest alongside us, including banks and other individuals as we moved along. Now, if you're not going to do it that way, right. And where you put your own money, you know, and you want to get a bigger deal, that's fine, but you need to expect still, you need to Pay for that. So, you need to not be taking out fees and stuff to give your investors confidence. Show them you're just right along their side with them. Give them rights. Make them comfortable in the deal. And, what you know, one of the things that when people are looking at deals, I, I, I get asked a lot, and it's funny because I ask this a lot how do I structure this deal?
1: Mm-hmm, Everybody right. wants to know that. Yep.
0: I wanted to know that over and over again. How do I structure this deal? And the truth is that depends. That depends on you. It depends on where you're at, the deal you have, and what you can offer to the investors.
1: And who you're offering and it to. And who you're offering yeah. it to.
0: And for your first deals, don't be afraid to call up the investors and have that conversation. I did. With our, you know, when when we were raising capital for a deal, and was, I called them up and said, guys, listen, I've never done this before. How do we do this? This is the general outline. Are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with my... G, uh, the GP por- portion, general por- uh, portion being 20% of this deal. And this was after we'd had lots of experience and a huge track record. Um, but we had a very open conversation with our investors. We are partners in it. They respected that. They all agreed and all came in on the deal and they gave great feedback. And that's one of the things that I think is probably the most important. Don't be something you're not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't pretend like you're something you're not because you'll get caught. And then people will go, hold on um, I don't think you really know what you're doing here. And it'll Mm. make you look
1: bad. Right. And a lot of times there's no rebuilding that reputation. And especially in an industry like self-storage where everyone knows absolutely everyone. Uh, I mean, even in real estate in general, once you start really branching out and scaling the, that industry is so niche. Everybody again, just knows everybody. And it would be really, really difficult to come back from something like that. If you were to go into something and pretend like you know a lot more than you really do and get found out and end up losing a ton of money for people or whatever the case is, I mean, yeah, you broken definitely the do the right. Right. And yeah. you
0: never want to do that. Investors, your partners, always come before you. Always do what it takes to make them happy. Do what it takes to make them feel secure and work your buns off. Right. Now, I think when you're too, when you got to realize when you're talking to these people understand that a lot of times if you're just getting started, the people you're getting money from know more than you do. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. If it's your first deal and you don't have money to put in the deal and you're going to ask somebody for a million bucks because they have a million bucks, cash on hand to give to you, they probably know a whole lot more than you do and that's okay.
1: Well, it's amazing is what it is. Like, It's not even like, "Oh, oh, dang. Like, oh, okay. Like I'm fine with that. It's like, Heck yeah, dude. Like, you know, teach me how you've done some of these other things that might relate to what's going on here. I mean, all successful people have a lot of these different traits and concepts in common, no matter what industry you're in. And I mean, that's an amazing thing to be able to connect with somebody and be real with them and get to know them and build an actual relationship that's going to last a lifetime and be able to really work well with each other and provide really great feedback for one another and returns and everything else, make it an awesome relationship.
0: And lots cause you have to understand that you're a necessity to those people because lots of time, those people are never going to do the work that it takes to get that investment where it's at or where it's going. So you're providing a solution to them. You say, listen, you know, you want to be in this space cause it's an awesome space. You have the money. I can show you this deal Let me walk you through it, show you why I think it's an awesome deal. Um, In fact, I made a calculator just for that. It has like a before and after A, B, and it shows them side by side with the comparison to analyze deals so you can show somebody and then they can help you and you walk through the deal, right? And then you say, I'm going to do all the legwork. I'm going to get everything done. I'm going to be there every day. I'm going to look at this deal. I'm going to work with the manager, all the things that they never want to do, but they still get to participate in the deal. So you are offering solutions to them, right? You are offering saying, I'm gonna work my butt off on this one thing. You keep doing what you're doing, but you get to participate in this deal and I'm gonna take care of it for you. So you're presenting a value opportunity for those investors. You're building trust. And really, I think you just need to be ready to outwork anybody. You need to be ready to learn as much as you can, be humble and willing to take good feedback Right, And that builds trust. Um, that builds trust with your investors, with banks. And two, it's okay if people don't want to invest with you. It's a, like lots of things. This is a number game. You need to find the right investor for the right project for you and the right bank for the fit. Lots of banks may not want to work, but some will keep picking up the phone. Keep calling. Keep getting your name out there, writing articles, talking to people, going to real estate groups. You, I can't stress this enough. Money's not going to show up in your mailbox. Get out there. Earn it. Find it. Work for it.
1: This is the process to make that happen, though, Yes, is getting money in your mailbox. This is the process. Yes, exactly. (laughs) To get money in your mailbox, this is the process. Do this. (laughs) So
0: build those relationships. Keep a system, whether it's a spreadsheet or whatnot. Learn everything you can about potential investors. Follow up with them. Remember their names. Find their pain points, how you can solve problems, Be there in the long run. The longer you are and the more relationship you have, the more trust is built up, the more likely they're going. So always play the long game. Never play the short game with any of this. And if you can't find the capital now, keep going. But I found that if you have a good deal, you can almost always find money for it. Mm -hmm. So focus on the deals while you're building relationships and keep going through as many deals as you possibly can and then find a really good deal, put it in front of the people that you're building with the relationship with to get the down payment and the banks. If the banks aren't sure about the deal, go with banks like Live Oak, people that understand the storage facility industry, and they understand good deals when they see them. They'll give you great feedback on your underwriting, but two, if it is a good deal, they'll want to be behind it, and they'll
1: understand. For sure, for sure. Another aspect, too, of this as... You're, you're talking about all this and when initially in the podcast in the beginning we were talking about you know building that knowledge building that foundation growing your confidence in the industry and you talked about going to these events and just building on that knowledge and we're kind of touching on it here I think one of the biggest things that is kind of the underlying thing of, of all of this is being connected with the industry professionals being connected with the people you know whether it's store local or it's Janice or just getting connected with people that are in the storage industry that are owners, operators that are out there actually doing this, build that relationship with them. Again, like we're talking about in all of this, I mean, see how you might be able to provide value to them in exchange for, you know, learning more about the industry or whatever it might be. I think that's one of the huge underlying themes of this whole thing where it's like, just get connected, get rooted into everything and just start funneling all of that knowledge, all of those resources and all of those deals ultimately to you and what you have going on and your goals and aspirations and everything else. We
0: talked about this with John Lindsay too, where we're like, listen, this is one of those industries that's a strange industry Mm -hmm. because everybody's awesome.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, our biggest competitors in one of our market, I was just on the phone with them yesterday laughing about when we're going to get together again, talking and we're like, There are competitors like half a mile down the road, right? (laughs) But it's that this is an industry. This is one of the reasons we have the podcast is because a rising tide really lifts all boats. Bad operators make the industry worse. Good operators make it better. There's plenty for everybody. We want to do a better job. So states, governments work good with us, right? We want to operate good. So we don't have vacancies, bad underwriting, you want to get rid of all that stuff, right? I can never serve all of the you know storage demand in the United States ever. will never even happen. So we might as well have good operators and we have great communities. And that's how most people in the storage industry feels. I'd say 98% of everybody out there are really good to work with. Pick up the phone. I mean, we have tons of people that email us, call us. We spend time with all of them. We love doing it. Um, love helping people out. And it's just it's it's a very interesting industry that way, but it, it really is like that. People it's so are awesome, so dude. open. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're more than willing to help out. Um, so there's a lot of people out there. Go to SSS or SSA mm-hmm. ISS. Um, lots of connections, um, things like that for you guys to reach out to, and um, it, it, there's just a wealth of knowledge. You know, we got our podcast, you got the site, you can go on. Um, It's one of the reasons we have our mastermind. There's just so many tools out there right now um, that you can utilize to be building this out, uh, which will help you increase your knowledge in the space degree and capital. So anyways, everybody, if this is helpful, guys, we'd really appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating and a good review. It means a lot to us. Um, It makes this podcast, you know, worth doing and keep growing. Thanks, everyone, for emails, calling. We appreciate it, as always. With that, anything else, man?
1: That's it, dude. Great episode. Um, Like AJ's talking about, get at us. Shoot us your questions, your comments, any future topic ideas you might have. Uh, We're super responsive. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, as always, keep up with us here on the podcast, at the website, social media, all that good jazz. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks a bunch.